Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rome, Monticello. This is Sunday, September the 4th, 2022. This service was recorded on Sunday, August 28th, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Rev. Dr. Paul Tobiasen. The accompanist is Barb Andreessen. The lectors are Nolan Weirs, Lily Stahl, and Grayson Weirs. This radio broadcast is given by John and Kathy Harms in celebration of their 46th wedding anniversary. Thank you for joining us today. Let us begin with confession and forgiveness. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us pause for a moment of silent reflection. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows upon them the gift of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. O God, you resist those who are proud and give Give grace grace to to those those who are humble. Give us the humility of your Son, that we may embody the generosity of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading is by Proverbs chapter 25, verses 6 through 7. The book of Proverbs is part of a collection of writings known as wisdom, literature, wisdom, and literature. Give directions to Israel leaders and people who are conduct of daily life. Today's reading is about humility. Do not put yourself in the for, in forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to come to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of the noble. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we have a brief skit, and it's called Dialogue with God, and it's a reminder of the importance of prayer and remembering that we are not, that we're never alone. And I know I see a lot of young faces out there, which just makes me really happy. And Pastor does such a tremendous job during um, faith formation. All the Sunday school teachers do a great job of, you know, teaching prayers. And uh, when we're in church, you know, we learn these prayers. You know, I know there are even young people who don't need their uh, hymnals to say the, uh, uh, the Apostles' Creed or anything like that. But sometimes life uh, gets busy, and we sometimes forget the power that God's voice has in our lives. And so this skit is just a reminder that God is always with us. So I present to you Dialogue with God, uh, starring Savannah Freeze and Ian Temple. I am so frustrated. No, I'm mad, really mad. They just don't understand. Oh God, what is I gonna do? Whatever you want. What? Who is that? Who's there? It's me. You called me, didn't you? Keegan, is that you? Big brother, where are you? Who is this really? I'm not your big brother. I'm your heavenly father. What? I can't believe this. It's true. I'm here to listen to you. Sounds like you have a problem. Oh, wow. You really are God. Always have been, always will be. And yes, I do have a problem, a confusing one. I know. It's my parents. They just don't understand. It's my life. They have their own ideas about what I should do. And that is? They want me to be a teacher. Mom was a teacher, grandma was a teacher in a one-room schoolhouse. 
They say it's a good job. It's something that you can do for many years. You can go back to it after a family's grown. You can do it part-time. You can even do private tutoring. It just makes sense to them. But it doesn't make sense to you. No, it doesn't, because I don't want to teach. I don't want to be in a classroom all day. I don't want to grade papers. I don't want to make cute bulletin boards. That's just not me. What is you? I don't know. That's what makes it so frustrating. I just don't know. My parents want me to know soon. I'm only a senior in high school, so I think I have time. But my parents say I need to make plans to go to college soon. So I need to apply to the right schools. I need to know what I want to study. I need to take the SAT or ACT or one of those tests. But I can't decide. Hey, wait a minute. You're God. You know everything. You tell me what I'm supposed to do. Do whatever you want to do. What? What kind of answer is that? Aren't you supposed to have a plan for me? I do. Tell me what it is. I sent my son, Jesus, to earth. He came and walked and lived among the people. He made friends. Jesus told them about me and how much I loved them and how I was going to save them from their sins and eternal punishment. For this plan to work, my son died. He died so that his friends and all people might live forever. He died, Savannah, so that you would be free, now and forever, free from sin death, and the power of the devil. Free to live a life that responds to the love that my son and I have for you. I don't feel so free. But you are. I still don't understand. You are free to make choices. Choices like what you want to do for a career, what job you want. You mean you don't have anything specific in mind? No, I don't. I do have some thoughts on how you should live. Like what? Like love me, love others, tell others about me, serve others in my son's name. But nothing like wanting me to be a teacher or a doctor or something like that. If you wanted to be a teacher and it would serve others and bring you joy, I would be with you. If you wanted to be a doctor and it would serve others and bring you joy, I'd be there too. Is there anything you don't want me to be? Savannah, I think you're smart enough to answer that. Yeah, you're right. Most of all, I don't want you to be unhappy. If teaching, as important as it may be, takes away the joy my son has given you, then I wouldn't want you to be a teacher. Really? Can you tell my parents that? I know they'd listen to you. I think I'll let you do that. What? Tell them I had a talk with you and that I felt you didn't want me to teach? Sure. They think I was crazy. It's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. You're pretty big on that truth stuff, aren't you? Yes, I am. This is a good talk we're having, but I still don't know what I should do. What do you really want to do? No one's ever asked me that before. I guess... I guess I'd like to do something with photography. I like to take pictures. Some of them are here on my wall. I've noticed. I think I do okay, but I need more practice, and there's a lot more I want to learn. So, go and learn it. Give it a try. Really? That's okay with you? I'm with you if that is your choice, and I'll support you even if you change your mind and decide to do something else. Really? That's great. I'm always here to help. I guess I know that. I'll just have to talk about things like this with you more often. Please do. I always enjoy hearing from you. The second reading is from Hebrews 13, 1 through 8, 15 through 16. The conclusion of the letter to Hebrews contains suggestions for the conduct of holy life, all of which are shaped by God's love toward us in Jesus Christ. 
Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some will have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison on, with them. Those who are being tortured as though, as though you're, you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage be kept undefiled, undefiled for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so we can stay with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will, I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your, your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their, of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Though him then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, that this is the fruit of the lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 through 14. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus observes guests jockeying for position at the table. He uses the opportunity to teach his hearers to choose humility rather than self-exaltation. Jesus also makes an appeal for hosts to imitate God's gracious hospitality to those in need. On one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give this person your place. And then in disgrace you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they might or in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Maybe you see that. Come on up. Alright. Don't be shy.
That's a pretty song, isn't it? Huh? It's just pretty. And the words are really neat too. And the words are this, very simple. It starts out with, Mmm, you are so beautiful to me. <laughs> that's the, that's what the words. That's just it's so simple. And the, the interesting thing is, you're, after this, you're going to go for ice cream, right? You going to do that? Yeah. You think so? And you're going to get a bowl. And they'll put ice cream in there. They told me there's no cones. A dish, you get more. <laughs> anyway, and then there's there's M&Ms you can sprinkle on. You can pour some chocolate on it. You can put some. Oh, you could even. You know what? It's fun to take potato chips, crunch them up, and throw them on there. One of my favorites is I take a bowl of ice cream. And I give it about five seconds in the microwave so it's nice and creamy. And I take a handful of blueberries and I throw them in there. But what I dare you to do is to take your bowl. Once you have, well, there's even bananas there. But once you have constructed your masterpiece, you take your bowl out there and you say, Mmm, you're so beautiful to me. <laughs> you think you could do that? <laughs> but these words are about people. And it's not just how beautiful a person is on the outside. I mean, you know, everybody's beautiful. The words are, you're so beautiful to me. Not to the world, but to me, you know? But so... But there's another way of being beautiful, and that happens in here. What do you think is beautiful in here, in people you know? Oh, good, you got an answer. Huh? Here. I think it's your heart. It's your heart, a beautiful heart, okay. Did you have something, somebody? You did? No. Well, you know that. Oh, so many people out there know your names, care about you, and would do anything for you. And so what do you call that in the heart? Love. And the most beautiful thing is that when Jesus is in your heart by faith, okay, that's beautiful. So beautiful. So Let's practice it. And you have to start out with a mmm, okay? Real quiet. Mmm, you're so beautiful to me. Let's do it again. We got some harmony going on there. Mmm, you're so beautiful to me. Let's make them feel beautiful. Why don't you stand up? Okay, we're going to sing it. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Okay, ready to go. Mmm, you're so beautiful 
I think they heard that in second row, Bob. That's about it. But <laughs> I think we got to aim at that tenth row. All right, here we go. Okay. Mm, you're so beautiful to me. Now, your next task is to go to where you were sitting and whisper it in somebody's ear. Okay, you may go sit down. <laughs> Well, it's an honor to be asked to be here, and uh, for Jeanette, too. Uh, we've had such a wonderful time already. We stayed overnight in the parsonage and got acquainted with your wonderful pastor and wife. I mean, they're just, they're great people, right? My first pastor was Reverend Cairn. Does anybody remember Reverend Cairn? Yeah, one, two, three. Not a lot anymore. We were all in our 80s, or 70s and 80s. Uh, and then after that, you've had a string of really wonderful pastors. I, oh, this thing. Uh, you've had a whole string of really good pastors. And you've been so blessed that way. But the pastors have been blessed with such a congregation, a beautiful congregation. I just... You know, Dad always said, you go by a fireplace, and if the whole thing's falling down, you know something else is falling down. But if you go by a fireplace and it looks beautiful, you know they're doing well. <laughs> and I tell you, everything looks beautiful around here. You're doing well. Anyway, whatever. Um, Reverend Cairn was a pastor of my youth. And you know, uh, I was baptized by Reverend Cairn on the uh, kitchen table in uh, Benny and Berdina's, my mom and dad, in their place. And my wife made the comment to me was that in some years, you, you didn't take your baby out of the house until they were baptized in case something would happen, you know. And I suspect, though, that Reverend Karen got one wonderful meal out of it, too. <laughs> Quite a man. He, uh, he educated in Neuendezau Seminary in Germany. And that was kind of a missionary seminary. And it was to send pastors around. And we got him. And uh, I think Neuendezau also was very famous in, in continuing to support and establish the Lutheran liturgy. But anyway, so... Uh, we had him for confirmation and uh, for recreation he brought out those big puffy boxing gloves and us guys were supposed to go out in the lawn and, and hammer at each other <laughs> the next one, does anybody remember black tackle? huh? oh, it must have been so awful you forgot it <laughs> But there was one designated as it, and the whole class, and a fairly large class, would be on one end of the field. And the one in the middle would have to tackle one or two, or however many they could. But that whole class was running at full speed, and you were right in the middle. <laughs> you were supposed to tackle one. Uh, uh, I think if... Uh, 
if your pastor ever did that with, for, with confirmation, I think the bishop would be here on Monday. <laughs> but uh, Reverend Karen, uh, the one thing about Reverend Karen, well, he was an athlete. They said that he was a acrobat. I don't know. It might have been pretty much a rumor, but uh, he, if... I remember his sermons, and I don't remember them very well, but I remember the emphasis was always on the majesty of God. It was really interesting. That's what he really hit all the time. And if the singing wasn't up to par, he got up out of his chair, stood up, went up and down the aisle with his big baritone voice, when all thy mercies, oh my God, my rising soul proclaims it, get us singing. You didn't need a church band then. You had Reverend Karen. Anyway, and I did that on occasion when I was in a church. Well, Mom and Dad gave me this. It's my confirmation watch. It still works. Reverend Karen gave me a Bible verse. And it said, go into all the world, preaching the gospel, baptizing. When I was 14, 15, oh, that's nice. Okay, all right. And then it began to click. He wanted me to be a pastor. And, uh, yeah, it was after, you know, going around the block a couple of times. And finally I decided, or I received a call, I better say. Well... My text is from one third, Psalm 131, 1. Oh, how pleasant and good it is when brothers and sisters are in harmony. In the spirit of that, I'd like you to remember Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer. He was a pastor during the Nazi era, during the Third Reich. He... Uh, the German church, they were trying to establish one common church that they would call the German church. And it was kind of a mix of a whole bunch of stuff. Nordic legends and uh, suspicious suspicions and uh, especially uh, Jesus is a great champion fighting against the Jews, you know. And they wanted that to be the, the national church. Dietrich Bonner and, and Bonhoeffer and several others said no. Instead, they stood up for the classic Christian faith, Jesus Christ crucified and risen for our forgiveness and eternal life. They stood up for that. And they signed, well, the Barman Declaration and other statements to, to put them on that side. Bonhoeffer went on the radio for a radio program and he spoke against all this anti-Semitism. He spoke against the Nazis. Well, it was the last time he spoke on the radio. <laughs> he was shut down. But then they asked him to start a seminary in Finkenwald. Young men, they were only men at that time. And uh, he, he set a pattern that he studied very carefully, a pattern of meditation, scripture studies, conversation, and basically 
of serving one another and caring for one another. It was a beautiful setup, a beautiful setup. And uh, it went for a couple of years until the Nazis shut it down and rolled the poor guys in uh, the army so that they could put them in the front line and make sure they didn't make it. Anyway, he wrote a book. It was called uh, Life Together, Reflections. And I think so important for our life together. He wrote, If we do not give thanks daily for the Christian community in which we have been placed, even when there are no great experiences, no noticeable riches, but much weakness and difficulty and little faith, and if, on the contrary, we only keep complaining to God that everything is so miserable and so insignificant and does not at all live up to our expectations, then we hinder God from letting our community grow according to the measure and riches that there are for us all in Jesus Christ. In other words, what he was saying is, if you come into a congregation and you say, oh, I don't know, the carpet colors are awful, and uh, the pastor looks like he might be going to fall asleep when he's preaching, you know, and oh, you know, and, and all this stuff. My favorite is somebody comes and says, you know, a place is just full of hypocrites. And of course, the proper response from any pastor is to say, oh, well, there's room for one more. <laughs> Bonhoeffer said, you wish the church was something different than what it is. You destroy it. Your only hope is to give thanks for what God has given you. I truly believe that. I believe that when those doors open, anybody that walks through there, walks through there by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you're here because of the Holy Spirit. And you're singing together because of the... The next part is interesting too. And this part I took to heart myself. <clears throat> for sure. That also applies in a special way to the complaints often heard from pastors and zealous parishioners about their congregation. Pastors should not complain about their congregations, certainly never to other people, but also not to God. Congregations have not been entrusted to them in order that they may, should become accusers of their congregations before God and their fellow human beings. Oh, and then he says they should examine themselves. It's so tempting as a pastor to say, well, you know, the giving isn't all that great, and they don't come as much as they ought to, and I can't get volunteers for this and that, and there's this couple of crabby ones always on my back, and la, 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 you know. Bonhoeffer would say, you're destroying the church by your complaints. Instead, give thanks for what you, the great and wonderful gift you have in your fellow Christians in the Lord. I've carried that with me. In fact, uh, it's driven me to be, in a sense, the defender of any of my congregations. If anybody makes a critical comment about my congregation, I'm like a junkyard dog. I'm on them. What are you talking about? Hey, and we work, we go at it. You can't complain about my congregation. To me, it doesn't work. Well, uh, so much great fun to be here. And I think that's uh, 
your pastor and I ah yeah okay your pastor and I create sermons in the same way our most technical instrument for a sermon is this he uses a uh, gel pen. yeah gel pen I use a fountain pen this is our most complicated instrument I have never met another pastor like that that does it the same way I do it first part of the week take a look at the text and some commentaries and stuff and, and then let it speak to you and as it speaks to you somehow some things gel and it begins to come together and finally about oh I don't know Thursday Friday Saturday so it depends upon activities you make notes you make notes and these are my notes and I keep I put my notes in the pulpit just so my congregation knows that I did something this last week <laughs> but by the time you use a fountain pen or a gel pen it's up here okay oh that was fun to, to hear that from you and again Psalm 131 1 oh how good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell in harmony. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And with that, I invite you to rise and receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you a favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.